studio audience now and i can't do that wendy williams thing where like she falls over you remember that oh my god yeah when she had her like stroke oh my god yes (laughs) i would love to have a stroke on camera is that problematic yes it is (laughs) that's highly problematic it's fine i thought my friend just said i would love to have a stroke on camera and honestly (laughs) the thing is everybody was saying that that she did it for the gag and they were like girl ain't no one having gagging Ain't I no one hope... having strokes like that. I'm like, I don't know, girl. She looked kind of spooked. She looked like she was seeing God's face, honestly. <laughs> I remember Kaya said it was a cocaine fallout and it wasn't a real a real stroke. Remember that whole, like, spiel yeah. she did on the cocaine fallout? The thing is, I, I, I can see every, like, con- they, everything that people are saying, every, like, opinion of what mm-hmm. it was, every, you know, theory, I could see it. Because I really don't know what the fuck was going on. And we'll never know. Right. Just, just to like to give y'all insight, like when I saw it, to be honest, I was watching it uh, pretty much live because it had happened and it was like a live thing on YouTube afterwards um, in a loop. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, like her powers activated like when Raven saw her future in That's So Raven. You remember that? Yeah. And like it was too much for her to take in. It was like the Phoenix, it was just too much power. And then she just knocked the hell out. My favorite part of it is the fact that it was filmed during the Halloween episode. So for until the end of time, we're going to have a video of Wendy Williams dressed up like the Statue of Liberty fainting <laughs> on live TV. Like, that, you can't even make that up. Like, that is a moment in time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mentioning Liberty, tell me why. This is another random tangent, but tell me why American Gods. I was watching a video, like a dissertation video about the different characters in it. Did, did anybody else get all of the symbolism about Shadow's mom being the goddess Liberty? Libertas? No. Mm-mm. Because, like, she talked about freedom a lot. There was a scene with the Twin Towers when they were in the ferry coming over. And she was talking about... Um, like duality and like the idea that like you know now that they've come back to america like certain freedoms have have, have been stripped and there's a difference between life and death freedom and and slavery and all this stuff and our backs and our corpses have been built i mean used to build was she black yeah she was a darker skinned woman and it made kind of sense that her and odin would be a thing because mm. one side is like liberty, like the, the the idea of freedom and like prosperity, and Odin is literally just kind of known as the god or the fa- the all father of wisdom, and like he basically killed himself in order to gain wisdom, like he sacrificed himself to do to gain wisdom. So mm-hmm. I found it interesting that like there was all this this uh, context behind it, and I never got it until I saw that video. Oh, yeah. 
I, I, look, this was basically our intro, like what I was listening to and doing <laughs> during our two weeks, because it's been a while. What have y'all been doing uh, since our BLM Black Lives Matter episode? Um, honestly, it's been very much so mental health, very much so not paying attention to social media regarding Black Lives Matter at all, to be honest. Not necessarily like disengaging when I see it, but not actively looking for reasons to be upset right now. Mm -hmm. Um, focusing on work because I've got some like a lot going on at work to be honest with you probably more than I've had in a minute so I've honestly just had a lot of really positive distractions and just enjoyed as much of the day-to-day as possible instead of I think last time we talked I was in a really I think just exhausted and sort of low energy place when we were talking through those topics last time Mm -hmm. so since then it's been mostly like self-care and just relaxing yeah, I definitely feel that. Like when I was like, the the last conversation that we had and recorded, it was just, it was just a couple weeks of accumulation of sentiments. Mm-hmm. Just because it it would had already been maybe like a month into like the protesting and everything, so I was just like weird headspace. Honestly, what I've been doing. Um, because there's been so much music coming out, I feel like I hadn't given myself enough time to really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So I had like dove back into all of the albums that came out that like I hadn't oh, really given that. a lot of like you know like it's just like when albums are coming out back to back to back, like I like to give an album at least a good three weeks of like spin time before right. I move on. So like the girls are are just giving me too much. I have like option overload at this point, but like I've been just listening to a lot of the girls city girls just came out like lady gaga i gotta get back on my little spins chloe howley how did we actually feel about those three albums like that we had city on lock we had ungodly hour and then we had miss um chromatica well okay so i think ungodly hour deserves a grammy period I, i think that city on lock is good it's a good um, it's a good album to follow up <laughs> period a good <laughs> album to follow up their second album or whatever whatever you would call that one everyone's calling them mixtapes I don't really know what's the difference at this point but I don't either yeah but whatever their second project was this is a good follow up to that and then uh, what was the last one that we, we just mentioned Chromatica um, she's she's everything in a way She's something. Mm. She's something. Mm. She's something for somebody. She's songs for somebody. Okay, I'll take songs for somebody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Another reference to this. Album I love how Lady speaking. Gaga continues to steal from black women, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she. It's it, honestly like I didn't like it at all when I first heard it, and then like things started to grow on me. So, like, and then now when I listen back to it, I know what songs I need. Like, I know which songs I'm not going to want to listen to. I know which songs I am going to want to listen to. So. Pregunta for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is your name Alice? Oh, oh. absolutely. And I'm looking Man. for Wonderland, bitch. <laughs> and I am looking for Wonderland. So you're going, you're looking for Wonderland and your name is Alice. Okay. And my name okay, is Alice, know. yeah. I also I'm, love I'm that song with, girls. Um, that black girl on it. Rain on me, she did that. Not that okay, much. rain on me with that with that young woman of color, Ariana Grande. Yeah, yes. When she puts that, when she put that that young you know fledgling artist Ariana Grande on like that. Yeah, that, 
That the thing 411 is, I, mixed girl of color. Just y'all are so aggravated. <laughs> I love black realness. women in excellence. I loved her in that video with her hair down. That was like Same. everything to me. Like I think she needs to retire the ponytail before she officially loses all of her edges for life. But like, you know what? I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say is, <laughs> I love when you take a concept outfit and then you give like. You know how, like, in in Sailor Moon, every girl has their outfit, but it's, like, the same outfit, but it's their version of it? Mm-hmm. I liked how in Rain On Me, you got that energy where it was, like, they have the same concept going on, but they each have their own little take on it. And then the wig moment, of course, which made the whole video what it was. The wig Full moment. mood. Uh, yes. You know what's funny? I didn't really give Chromatica the time of day because I was like, eh, it was okay. Like there were some bops on it, like Free Woman. I love that song. I love Free Alice. Great. Um it has like bops, but I gave Ungodly Hour more time because obviously women of color are doing the best fucking job I you know on an album in a long time. Uh you know what? Okay, I don't know if we should have the discussion now or later, but I really want to talk about Chloe and Hallie as individual artists. Oh lord. We can talk about them when we talk about the BET Awards maybe. Stop pitting women against each other. No, because like, you know, uh, and we're not going to have the conversation right right now, but I I just, you know, whenever I look at Chloe and Hallie, I almost think of like two different entities that come together to create this like on high like, you know, Shea birth of Venus like out of the out of that clamshell like a piece of art. Like, because Hallie is, like, very similar to, like, a musical Broadway singer. Like, she really reminds me of, like, almost like a Barbara Streisand, like, a, like, Barbara Streisand-ish kind of vocals. And she hits me with Broadway musical talent. And then Chloe is kind of, like, the Beyonce of her group, where in the sense that, like, she's really an entertainer. Like, she lives in her dances. She sings she has such a strong like raspy voice and she's got great control over it just like Hallie but in two totally different ways and they're almost like an A side and a B side of an album and when they come together it's like a masterpiece yeah I have feelings but they're I I can definitely tie in my feelings to their BT performance so I'm gonna wait until we have that conversation but I definitely feel everything that you're saying because I think they are very different but also very Mm -hmm. similar you saw my tweets I'm here for the sisters I don't like the girls splitting them up I find it annoying I actually genuinely if I had to pick which one I actually prefer I, I identify with Hallie more in her energy not because I think she's better I just when I see the two of them together that's the one I look at more Oh, I, I, I didn't even know there awesome. was a discourse around, like, separating them. Oh, yeah, it's a whole messy thing where a lot of people are positioning Chloe as, like, this breakout solo artist and Hallie is, like, not. And I find that really annoying because I think they have, from the very beginning, positioned themselves as a unit for a reason. And even if they were to do solo work, it's not about one being better or worse than the other. It's just, it, it would just be an evolution of what they've started. Right. You know, and Beyonce is very powerful. So we already know, like, whatever it is is already set in stone anyway by now. So we should just watch. Yeah. Oh, side tangent. Uh, I'm so sorry we have to do this. We haven't talked in so long. Tell me why, like, maybe about two hours ago, I was bawling, boohoo crying in my bed because I, for the first time, (laughs) watched Beyonce's spirit. (laughs) I hate you, you late ass bitch. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I know. I'm a liar. I'm a monster. Hashtag I'm a monster. The fame monster. Um, 
I had never seen it because I just I don't get I don't hop onto the train right away. I usually wait until it's like the last stop. Um, come on, J Train. So, <laughs> bitch, when I tell you that music video was powerful, of course it was. She was on her whole "I'm a steal Africa, I'm a make Africa American" thing. She was that's been doing how you do colonization. That's Girl. how you do it. Oh the gift God. just before I sound like a total hater. I love the gift. I loved spirit and all that. But you know, there's this whole discourse now about of what, what Africans, yeah, like what people Africans think about it, what Black people think about it, whatever. Anyway, it was great, and I'm I'm mad that the girl who just became a Barb yesterday is also like just now Hive. I'm I hate you. <laughs> this timeline: first I became a Barb, now I'm a Beehive member. I'm about to walk in and go get my, yeah. what did Tanache call her girls? I'm going to go get that too. The next? The next. <laughs> you are aggravating. <laughs> she, ha- she has already gotten her neck surgery, y'all. So come <laughs> I love Tanache because her neck was with, just been buffering all this time. Scribbling. And we're about to get it. And now it's finally here. No, we, we, we're here. We got it. <laughs> Oh, also another <laughs> social like media thing. Well, not social media, but a streaming thing. Ta- okay, Tower of God ended. Sorry, Kaputa, oh. I have to do this. Oh. Tower of God ended, and honestly, I'm not that impressed. I hate <laughs> that you said that because I've literally been queuing up episodes of Tower of God to watch them all, and I guess I'm gonna have to agree with you because we usually agree on these things. I think so. I'm a little sad, but I'm still gonna watch it and see and tell you what I think once I finish the anime. You um you didn't watch the whole thing just yet? Well, originally I was supposed to watch Tower of God with my little brother and it just ended up not panning out because not we we didn't argue or anything, we just have different schedules right now. So I've I've just been saving all the episodes up and I'm just gonna either watch them all at once with him or on my own probably this weekend or next. So mm. I'll give you an update on how I feel once I've done that. Okay, I, and not, no spoilers or anything, but I guess I'll just like, you know, quick synopsis. Tower of God, it starts off because of its art style as this pseudo-intellectual rehashing of like um, futurism and Mm -hmm. like world building from like this folklore sense. And also, because I'm not a familiar... Like, I'm not familiar with Korean mythology and things like that. A lot of it goes over my head. Oh, okay. Something about, like, fish. I I almost think that this show is a metaphor for, like, a bunch of fish in an aquarium. And it's just, like, turned into an anime and we're seeing, like, I don't know some like a random fish like being killed because it's in this regular habitat has not like the tower itself is an aquarium and all the people in it are fish i I don't know if it's some kind of like pseudo intellectual uh simile or like a storyline for i don't know allegory allegory there we go thank you i just Mm -hmm. don't i couldn't think of the word like i just don't it just doesn't make sense. Like we don't get explained to me well enough what Shinsu is for me to be attached. It's similar to how I felt about um, the irregular at Magic High School, where oh, there were there were too many elements of magic and a change in like technological magic versus traditional versions and. Uh, they even downplayed the one guy who still kind of used traditional magic in a sense. And 
it, it was almost it's too convoluted. Say that. Yeah, I think it's really like I, I, I write, you know, it's a thing that I like to study, like how people build worlds and build stories. And one thing I do not love is when a magic system either is too complex for the actual medium that it's being expressed in, mm-hmm. or it's just like you said, convoluted and un- just poorly explained. And what sucks about that anime is that the magic system or the sort of power source, whatever you want to call it, is like given so much weight, I feel like. But it doesn't, like I'm assuming based on what you're saying, that it doesn't fully get teased out or expressed in a way that's awesome, that's meaningful. Which one, Tower of God or a regular magic Tower system? of God. Uh, yeah, something about Shinsu is left long. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on purpose to make it so that when they come out with season two, because there has to be, it was beautifully done. The music, my God. God, the music is incredible for Beautiful. this show. Yeah. The classic. It has to be though, because like you said, the visuals, there's something with the visuals too. I know it's intentional, but it leaves something to be desired. True, but I guess that was the pull in for me when I first um started watching Tower of God because I was like, this is so unconventional. The lines are different, the yeah. eye shapes are not typical Japanese eye shapes, um, like the big rounded, almost angular at the at the sides. Um, Kun even has like an an, an interesting hairstyle because he's got that big blue piece. But the I rest, love that. It's so amazing. He reminds me of um uh Kinsu. Kinsu? The guy from Dr. Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. 100%. Yeah, he reminds me of him, but you can tell the difference. I also got Kilik from him, or whatever that dude's name is from Hunter x Hunter. The, the, oh, yeah. Killua? Killua. No, yes. no, 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 no. He, he's, he's got a Killua vibe too, but I'm actually talking about Gon's best friend. It's been a minute for me, y'all, so I'm sorry for Gon's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, Killua Zoldik. Oh, sorry. It is Killua. I was thinking Kurapika. When oh no, because the blonde red eye. Yeah. I am so yeah. bad. My Kilo, girls exactly. got killed. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That... Sorry for like nerding the fuck out. We need to have like a conversation about this though. <laughs> no, like we have to have a full anime episode because there's so many things I got to talk about with this episode. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Tower of God, it left something to be desired for me, but I think that was the point of it. Um, and the twist at the end, my God, like. Uh, it's I'm good. gonna try to watch it today, mostly or yeah. tomorrow. The twist is good. You'll you'll be gagging at the twist, but also you're like, damn, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh. Um, so like, let's get into the actual episode. We talked a lot about the random things that we're doing. Um, but let's talk about Walter Mercado, a queen, and her new documentary, Mucho Mucho Amor, which I'm like, okay, on. Well, actually, Caputo, you say that part because I say it terribly. Uh. Mucho, mucho amor. Honestly, I'm kind of gagged, like, by the preview. Um, It looks good. It it reminds me a lot of, like, um, Michael Jackson's documentary. I think the director probably took inspiration from it because it's very, very specific to that. Like, it's almost like a performance documentary instead of, like, one about somebody's life. It just seems like they're, they're following around an artist, which I guess technically she is. Mm-hmm. I think they actually like pretty much followed him around for like the last two years that he was actually right. alive. So like it just it it seems a little bit more like truer to someone's life than like just kind of picking and choosing what you're gonna put into their documentary. Because right. like with people like this, I guess like with most Walter Mercado, like 
he's such a well-known person in just like not even just Puerto Rican but like this Latin culture in general mm-hmm. that like it's if anything was fucked up about it like it's going to be immediately called out. And at this point like we know that if we don't like something, we can get on Twitter and say bitch what the fuck is this and they're going to change it. Like a la Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh. Like that shit was like <laughs> We saw that preview and we were like, girl, this is a mess. I hate that Sonic really did look like she came out of a blender when that happened. (laughs) And the girls got it all the way together. The girls were like, absolutely not. So I'm actually really excited to see this. Um, Yeah, like I'm just really excited because I don't really know much about Walter's life in general. Like I know Mm -hmm. his show. I know that my I know that my my grandmother loved and also kind of feared him a little bit. <laughs> oh, um, true. Just like you know, because you know, a god fearing woman in in witchcraft, you always kind of have to have a, a a hot and cold sort of relationship with that. But you know, like I'm just I'm excited to learn more about this person. And honestly, like this looks sick. And when does it come so out I'm again? Excited about it. Um, it should be on Netflix in the summer. summer, but they didn't give like a definitive date because yeah. it was supposed to premiere at um, South by Southwest, and then it can't because Corona. So Netflix is just picking it up and like throwing it on on the streaming platform. I'm gonna definitely watch it just to see the perspective on the actual like astrology and practice too. I'm interested because Walter Mercado is like, to me, like he's like the anti antithesis of like that whole machismo thing for Puerto Ricans and like the, mm-hmm. the like a gay Latinx gender bending astrologist it it like none of that comes together for me in that sense but like she was the first I feel like Walter Mercado really is like the first Gen Z like meme person in a time that that didn't exist cuz everybody's into astrology now every gay Latinx Gen person Z? yeah Gen Z like the girls that are like 20, 21 right now. Gotcha. And they all do tarot. They all know how to read astrology. Yeah, shit. I was like confused for a sec. Wait, no, yeah, let me connect. I'm so I sorry. Know. She's I literally like them. them, is what you're saying. Yeah, she was them before they were a thing. Like she set mm-hmm. the precedent for them. Like she's she's the precedent. Got it. Got yes. It. Same thing with Miss Cleo. Oh I my God, like, Miss Cleo. Uh. Like these are all like, iconic, like quote-unquote astrologers spiritualists like whatever you really want to call them and like now like everyone got co-star or the pattern on their phone like everyone's looking into their charts like it's actually like becoming can i be that girl though you know (laughs) go for it a lot of it is kind of weird though because like in the astrological communities that exist right like there is an americanized astrological community and like it has like figures and thought leaders and you know, there are certain people whose, you know, books get published and there are conferences and stuff. So it's interesting to see how that translates or doesn't to the way pop culture handles astrology and plays with it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just really interesting. And it's also funny, too, because I think a lot more of that stuff plays into our day-to-day consumption of pop culture than we even know. Because a lot of, I think, Hollywood culture and celebrity culture is really intertwined with the occult and mysticism. True, Freemasons, mm-hmm. Illuminati. Exactly, it's everywhere. I, the girls in the '60s and '70s had like for white women or white people, they had like Jean Dixon, 
and like she was a famed psychic for a while and Crowley then, girl that's what the white men love true her um and then for like the latinx girls you had like walter mercado and like west indians they denounce the hell out of people but you know madame cleo really did put on a performance for for the girls with her mixed accent from St. Lucia and Jamaica all at the same time. Bye. <laughs> Have a good night. Yes. Good night. <laughs> she, um... When... No, no, go for it. What are you... What's up? Um, no, I was just gonna <laughs> say that that was, like, funny that you were just gonna blend those those fucking accents together for Ms. Yeah, they, like, really... She butchered that, but you know what? She made a career, like, a really powerful career off of it. Um, and she didn't fall into the, you know, the depths of despair, like, uh, how Diane Warwick did when she tried to give y'all a fame psychic review with that call hotline. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to add that little blip. Yeah, you'll need to add that to the clip. Please, please do. It's a paid commercial presentation of Inflammation Incorporated. Today. You'll find out what Dion Warwick has to say about the Psychic Friends Network. I think that anyone watching this show can benefit from speaking to a psychic. Meet Psychic to the Stars, Linda Georgian. Hear what one of our psychics had to say about daytime TV's hottest couple. Is this going to be the end of our relationship? I mean, is this going to ultimately destroy our... I asked her. You asked her that? Yeah. Meet other soap opera stars who called the Psychic Friends Network. Um, but yeah, poor, poor Diane Warwick. If y'all haven't seen it, for my girls of color, especially my black girls, uh, queer girls, go and watch Got To Be Real. Because that shit is so fucking yes. funny. Support black women who make products <laughs> and support black women who defined an era. Because 2012 to 2015 Please was shut up. the era of Got To Be Real reading, shading, dragging. Okay. And Legends panel. And Legends, Legends panel. <laughs> <laughs> Like, these are iconic YouTube series. Is Speaking like of iconic, lower spec, but still amazing content, what about that Noah's Ark reboot? Okay. Okay. Girl, my hands are in the air. Hold on. Okay. Bitch, if I see... If I see... I loved Chance. I loved uh, Noah. I loved all of them. If the show was problematic at times okay it had some really fucked up pieces but it was the first show i ever saw at like 11 years old where it had an all black cast or like or like latinx like afro latino pieces to it 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 was was nice that it had most of the flavors too like it had all types of flavors and it specifically talked Mm -hmm. about black culture from black perspectives and it was the only one i could see like back then you had like another gay movie and like a lot of parody white specific short films or like major films Mm -hmm. you couldn't find anything black and before rupaul's this was even before rupaul's drag race like there were no black specific queer people in uh, uh, like media that I could look to, and Noah's Ark shut me the fuck up. I like, oh my god, I'm revealing my age, but I didn't want an iPod, so I had something called a Zune. Do y'all remember the Zune? Yes. <laughs> oh my lord, yes. The 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 Zoom girls were so aggravating because there were some of them that were like, "Ugh, Apple is such a." And we're still here, bitch. Yeah, I'm right here. We're still here, bitch. <laughs> I would, what? I would never own an iPod. I was like, okay, like, that was problem. me. I did. I never owned an iPod on purpose. What okay. do you got to say, Caputo? You got a problem? Because I was that girl. 
I'm, I'm just saying, I had an LG chocolate. Oh, okay, time. we do have to stand but the LG was, chocolate, though. I also but, stand. But the girls, the girls were always, like, the ones in the back of the class, and they're like, y'all are so, y'all just are so uncultured with your iPod, whatever the fucks y'all got, like... I'm watching videos. That was me. Right <laughs> you, you, I and your, I can't talk you and your to capitalist you. iPod girls. Honestly, <laughs> like you're nothing. I was like, oh my god, this is a real, this is a real war. This is a real battle right now. Like I stand yeah, I mean, here on me with my little Nokia. Oh, I'm so mad. Right. <laughs> I, had, um, I had an LG. I had the Sidekick, so you know I was over there typing on my little panel, and the, it made me famous. I might have been a black faggot at a Christian school, but the black faggot at the Christian school had a Sidekick, and the girls were living. So you were one of them swivel hoes with the swivel phone. Yes, I was. I stand. One of my best friends yes. is a Sidekick chick too, and like the click of that phone never has left my like it's never left my brain. The way yeah. that noise was. Oh yeah, I did that all the time. Especially I was um like I was there was this boy that I was hooking up I was sucking his dick or whatever quite a bit um in school. <laughs> I just forgot I'm on a podcast and I can't say shit like that. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, apparently. I actually I just said that so calmly that <laughs> I shouldn't have opened that dialogue up. <laughs> Let me adjust, adjust the parental advisory on this episode. I'm um, screaming. Let's just say to X. <laughs> I was hooking up with this other boy. I was like 16. He was like 17 or whatever. He was like in the class above me. And um, he would like text me pics or whatever. And I remember I was in class one time and I forgot that my phone, because I had just gotten it, makes that sound when you flip it up. So I was feeling so gorgeous, so gorgeous, so capitalist. And I like flipped it up to reveal the nicest dick pic to my history teacher. Oh, no. And, you know, the dick, of course, was white because, you know, I was colorist back then. And was? It sure was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, he like, he picked it up and he was going to show the class. And then when he looked at it, he like stared and then looked back at me and I'm looking at him. And it was like one of those movie moments where the whole, it was real quiet. And he just handed me back the phone and he was like, uh, I will not talk about this with you. Um, let's just get back to me teaching you about, uh, you know, your people and slavery. <laughs> And it was never spoken about again. My phone was supposed to be confiscated because I wasn't supposed to even have it in the first place. And he just gave it back to me out of complete and utter shock. He Reparations. Never, he never looked at me again in the eye. And when we were supposed to do the final like um, parent-teacher conference things, he didn't want to meet with my parents. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, wow. We need a Where Are They Now Man. episode with Dolce's entire collection of teachers. <laughs> From the grades. <laughs> oh my god! At least, at least you weren't kicked the fuck I out. I mean, that's, guys. that's the grace of God, if anything. Period. Oh my god! Being if gay. If my mom school, even, if I even had anything that looked like a penis on my phone, I know my mom would have had a dream about it, and I, my phone would have been confiscated. I'm screaming. Okay, y'all have these these regular ass moms. My mom would have been like, "Wait, I sense a difference in this house." <laughs> I'm disgusted. I would have been like, I had a dream about what, pickles. Why is that? I am. One of my first, like, you know, personifying <laughs> gay moments was one of my friends who was out at the time. We were, like, 14. He was he was out. I was not. I wasn't even, like, sure what was going on with me sexually. I was just, like, a, an asexual oh. blob. And, and he had a Zoom. And, like, we were in the back of our AP Euro class. And he just, like, scrolling through his phone. He's like, hey, you, do you want to see this? And it was, like, actual porn on his phone. It was, like, a bunch of, like, pictures. And I was like, 
Oh my god! Like, Ew. So, I can't. I can't but look also at this. Zoom in. Like, but also like. <laughs> Ew. So that that. What, wait, but what's that one? That Loki like, happened yeah. to me too. The first time I was I ever saw like a flick was on because someone forced me to in a library. It was like some random dude who was like a cl like a class clown type of person, and he used to like just do shit like that to fuck with people. And he like had one of those on in the mm. library and like would purposely like flash people with it with the lap with like a library laptop. This is the type of reckless South Floridian type bullshit I had to deal with. Mm. But you know, you know who was Googling really, it. Really didn't care. You when you went home. Home. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I tell you what happens? <laughs> ah! Anyways. Anyways. Um, um. I forget what actually we were we were just on. Oh, we were talking yes. about Noah. Yes, which isn't that <laughs> no, appropriate? No, we were talking about Walter Mercado. <laughs> both of those, they both they all oh somehow come together. It's all gay, gay icons. Yeah. The thing that that is actually really funny, just to bring it all the way back, because we're talking about gay icons and gay iconic media. Um, Walter Mercado, like I now that I'm like, trying to really think about it. Like I don't think he ever like came out as gay or like had an openly gay. But that's partner. common though. Even Queen Latifah barely talks about or, it. Or like. Very, very true, but, um, yeah, he, like, never came out as gay, never had a gay or queer relationship, and never came out as, like, non-binary, but, like, it's, like, what he represents, even if he's not gay, and I hate that, like, this is, like, oh, like, they're not, they're, they're not queer, but they're a queer icon, that, I think he is, like, one of the exceptions <laughs> of, like, not being queer in, I guess, the public eye, but, like, representing a lot of, like, freedom, like, sexual freedom and, like, gender expressional freedom. I don't think expressional is a word, but just, like, in general, like, seeing Walter Mercado, who's, like, a man, and no one ever questioned him. He was, he was, like, Prince. Like, everyone saw Prince, but, like, no one was, like, Prince, you faggot. Or, I mean, maybe they were, but, like, we, we, all, we all knew that Prince was a, was a straight man. Like, we all knew that for a fact. And I don't think anyone would really come for him like that. I think, like, in for Walter Mercado, it was kind of the same. We were just like, okay, like, Walter Mercado... It's just a being, honestly. Like, they are up in the stars doing whatever the fuck. Well, like, also, there's the whole conversation about about glam and how glam impacted fashion before we came out of the womb. <laughs> and Walter's quite old, you know, and that's not a, that's not shade. It's just, you know, I'm right. sure that that's also part of it, too. Like, Prince came up in a space where, like, part of the whole thing was to draw attention to yourself and look crazy and look wild and, and play with gender, play with, you know, makeup or whatever. You know, right. big hair, big shoulder pads, all that stuff. And, like, Walter reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of, like, the Latinx version of, like, a Liberace. Like, she really, like, he really puts, mm. he really puts on the map this queer energy, if that makes sense. But never explicitly says anything about queerness. He, mm. They just, they just, li they yeah. just live as queer icons. And it's somehow gays, we pick it up and we're like, yeah, she's a faggot too. Um, hey sis, yes, power to whatever you're doing. Um, if you're cruising, go off, girl. You know, we feel the energy from them. So, I it's think like it's powerful. The, it's like the fabulousness of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? It's not actually explicitly a gay show, right. but it's a gay show. Yeah, <laughs> it's very queer. The queer undertones are overtones. overtones. <laughs> <laughs> like they are overtones explicitly. Um. So let's move on to the other queer icon. Well, the icon for, for, for gays everywhere for some reason, um, especially the white ones that don't know how. But Beyonce uh, released on Juneteenth 
her song Black Parade. And also there is a visual album slash documentary coming up called Black is King. Yes. Uh, How do y'all feel about it? Because I haven't really delved too deep into it. I just discovered Spirit. So it's going to take me a while to get to this. You're excommunicated. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Oh, I know you'll crawl back anyway. So Um, Yeah, you know. I'll come right in. You'll kick me out through the front door. And it's like those cartoons where you go back through the back door. I'm just going to walk right back. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's that girl with the sidekick. Let her in. We're good. (laughs) With my folder named White Dick Picks and the other one named Black Dick Picks. I was a problematic Doja Cat before the girls knew me. She was the Chloe X Halley of Dick Picks. Shut up. (laughs) Two sides of the same. Yeah. Oh, um, God. So to get into the- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're terrible people here on 4 Filth. We're filthy people. <laughs> but just, like, I just got really excited because, like, I am, like, I have just so many feelings about this song. Like, I love Beyonce. Like, God damn. Like, every time I'm, like, okay, maybe I'm not, like, as much of a beehive, beehiver, a worker bee as I thought I was. She does something else. And then I'm, like, okay, girl, like, you really just got to get your fucking foot off my neck. Um, this song is, is really, 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 really fun. I feel like if we're talking about songs that, like, she kind of puts out for kind of, like, no reason, like, or she kind of puts out a song that's, like, a, a feel-good, like, boppy kind of song, this is, like, probably one of her best ones. This song like, felt like how I felt when Shinin' came out. Yeah, see, exactly. It's it's kind of just, like, okay, like, Beyonce just giving us a little treat, but, like, there's so much, like, even in, like, the lyrics, I'm just like, oh, my God, girl, like, this is just blackity-black, black, 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 blackity-black. And, and I'm like, to off. think that these girls would have the nerve <laughs> to come for the queen. My issue is, like, number one, I 1,000% echo how Caputo feels about this song. It is just a feel-good, blackity-black, black American, yes, somewhat capitalist song, you know? And it is what it is. And I think that a lot of people have this desire to completely remove the reality of what it takes to make music in this country and and, and, and like really harshly criticize Beyonce for it. I get it. I'm not mad at it. But I just don't personally feel the need to participate in that stuff. Because number one, there's enough people writing think pieces. I'm going to just play, the, play this Bob and like get my life together. But I love this song. It is so cute. <laughs> and it was such a nice breath of fresh air to get this when there was so much else going on that wasn't very fun. Right. Interesting. Yeah, like, she she put a lot of shit into the, into the song, too. Like, she kind of tied in a lot of things. So, like, it can just apply to a lot of different things that are going on right now. And she speaks to a lot of current events. And that's what Beyonce really does at this point. She's very keen on speaking to what people are thinking. So people can identify with her music almost And by people, it is really American black people and American white people apparently too. Like, I think that we have to yeah. be fair too to some of the criticism going on because, you know, at the end of the day, Beyonce is a black American music artist who's extremely popular, but also very, very American. And I feel like what can sometimes fall short is maybe her leveraging of maybe pan-Africanist or like the diasporic representation of blackness and... You know, like there were people talking about her like use of leopard prints and, you know, other stuff that's kind of like maybe low hanging fruit for people who have more direct experience with Africanness, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
but I still think that that's, that's not about who she is as a black woman. Like, I think she's allowed to maybe be a little flawed and maybe a little bit off the mark, but we see the blackness, we see the authentic expression and the talent. And that's kind of what I want to focus on with her exactly. right now. I think like this whole conversation around Wakandanization um, and this whole idea of going back to Africa and yeah. like needing to buy land, like some of that is really, I don't think that Beyonce should be held accountable for some of that mm-hmm. because some of it is really kind of black male patriarchy um, where this idea of going back to Africa is about gaining reparations by pulling yourself up from your bootstraps and supporting your own community. But as we saw in our Mm -hmm. previous episode with our Black Lives Matter episode, please go and listen to that if you haven't. Um, Caputo did a piece where she talked about Black Wall Street, and we saw how investing in Black communities has its caveats. Um, And Mm -hmm. supporting Blackness in any way that it comes out um, should be kind of the number one thing. Mind you, there are caveats that come with that too because we should be supporting actually black artists. We shouldn't be supporting, I don't know, fucking... If James Charles comes out with a hip-hop song tomorrow, I'm not here for it. Who's that? Yeah, I don't know her. But if Beyonce is coming out with things like this and she's and she's putting forward black excellence and we're seeing Megan Thee Stallion, we're seeing Chloe, Chloe and Hallie, we're seeing um, DaBaby and a lot of like great black artists stepping to the forefront as leaders and actually seeing them represent blackness in such really great positive ways i don't think we should be as skeptical with them uh currently because i think they're all just responding and reacting to what's happening in the country right now also so i think that also needs to be something Mm -hmm. we're thinking about as well that like these are artists and artists respond to what is happening in their daily life it makes sense whether it's commodified by a corporation or not there are still humans behind this and they're still beyonce still living as a black person even though she does live it as like the most capitalist person and she has all the money and all the privilege yada 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 but she's still a black woman in the industry and um she's using her platform right now to at least highlight some injustices and i think that should be praised and we have to remember too that we're black people like at least dolce and i we're black people in america right so our context is american and America does happen to be a country that holds a lot of sway, and, and, and especially American Black culture particularly, is sort of the like centerpiece of what we talk about when we talk about slavery and we talk about, you know, anti-Blackness and the way that it is perpetuated even today in global society, right? Agreed. It's not that America is the only place or the worst even sometimes. It's just that America is the most visible. And so naturally you're gonna have this this impact where a large artist who happens to be a black woman who's been given for whatever reason you know whatever matrix of privileges that's allowed her to actually get to this point she's always gonna have a very polarizing impact on the culture that she's trying to be a part of Mm -hmm. and the thing that people i think have to remember is like beyonce doesn't get to opt out of being black just like we don't get to opt her out of being black because she's not doing it the way we'd want her to so criticisms are not at all being you know I think I'm not trying to necessarily speak to the criticism's validity or not. I'm just trying to give space for that criticism without necessarily taking away from the real effort she is making, I think, as a highly visible 
black American artists. And a lot of foreign black people, yeah. family members of mine included, look down on black Americans while simultaneously yeah. going to black you know, black institu- like, uh, institutions in America and benefiting from the work that people who've always had to live here in this country and who've built this country have done. So there, there has to be, I think, some sort of balance between genuine, thought-felt, you know, thought-provoking and advancement-focused criticism and hating, because it's two different things that people are doing. Right. I think it was interesting that you brought up the term pan-Africanism, because, like, that's a really interesting, like, just like pan-movements, like pan-space movements are very interesting because in a way they're I guess like their main focus is to remind people that like there are black people globally or like even like pan latinidad like there's globally like we are like a latin a latin community like we're from all over these places we're all different but we're all the mm-hmm. same and I think that that's kind of like what the pan african movement is too like we're all like there's, there's there's black people everywhere but like there's there's a common thread um, and I can see why people would maybe have an issue with a black American woman maybe commodifying a culture that she might not particularly find herself being a part of. But I think one thing I really like about this song is that it's kind of talking about, first of all, it's like it's bundled in with this whole the gift, like yeah. African like theme. But also like the song itself, I think, is very about like going back to your origin story like it the song literally starts out saying i'm going back to the south going back 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 where my roots saying what a down like i'm like that's that's real like you're going back to like where you are whole like your whole origin story is there your family your 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 genesis like where you can find where you're from and who you are and i think like that's kind of like what she's trying to get at is that everyone can find or, or even even if you don't have a, a direct line of like where you come from, because a lot of Black Americans can't do that, there there is a way that you can go back, quote unquote, and like find like where you are, who you are. I also think we need to remember that Black people are are complex and complicated by nature. That's just the, the it's the name of the game, just like every other group of people. And like I know that there are people who are hearing that line, for instance, about her roots. And you know, letting them lock up and dread up and stuff is what I think the bar was that she dropped in that in that song. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. when she's at the BET Awards, she's in this like middle part, you know, f- you know, like silk press looking, you know, blonde <laughs> wig. You know, there is a complicated yeah. conversation there about like representing as a, a as like a true black person, but also doing what black women do. Normal black women oftentimes are pressured to wear weaves and instead of succumbing to that pressure and letting it break them, they just made it a whole art form and now everybody wears wigs and weaves in, in Hollywood, white or black. Right. Because eventually everything that's get put gets pushed to the bottom rises to the top, whether naturally or, you know, for capitalistic gain. So right. it's just interesting, I think, that there's just so much there's just so much, I think, of an expectation for Beyonce to be like the most pers- like just the most well represented, the most perfect black woman that we can ever expect on, you know, in the world. And that's just not going to happen. Like, she's never going to be that person. Exactly. And that's why I don't I don't expect artists to be like my political figures or my thought leaders necessarily. I just want them to speak to something and for me to be able to gravitate, gravitate towards it or not. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Like artists are kind of my reflection of what the state of the world is in. Mm. 
Um, but they're not the end all be all opinion. They're just a reflection of what is going on, period. Like a Yeah. Yeah, they're the moniker for me. So yeah. And I also think I listened to Black Parade, bitch. This is gonna come out funny, but I don't care. Bitch, I listened to that first part of Black Parade and I was like, you know, this literally is symbolism. Like it reminds me of you know that bottle yes. of edge control? The green one, the olive oil one, it just reminds me that was oh the picture God. I got. I hate you. <laughs> I know the you thing, do. <laughs> the thing though is that like genuinely though like it's not like beyonce actually has an only fans or actually is letting her her roots dread up or whatever it's just she's speaking to the culture like you said and anyone who knows anything about american culture and about marketing and the way that this stuff is is actually works even if beyonce has a kernel in a genuine sense of wanting to recapture and connect with black people mm-hmm. there's always an roi conversation there's always you know tracking of of behavioral analytics that's going on there's the technological aspect of this that people don't think about too much so we have to allow for some of that to be what it is because she is not an anti-capitalist she is not you know anything that has to do with being counterculture fiscally in america so we have to be fair and just apply you know apply our logic and, and criticize where we might but also allow for the fact that number one that's who she is. And also a lot of black people are not these perfect, you know, anti-fascist, anti, you know, misogynist, you know, all these like super radical thought leaders on what it is to be a great or amazing person. Like a lot of people are flawed this way. I mean, think about it though. Like in America, like, you know, like the political scale and how we always are like, here's the left and here's the right. When you talk about like Democrats and Republicans, they're pretty much like moderate. They're right there in the, in the middle. But the thing is also, like, even though Beyonce is a liberal, which is, like, by definition, like, pretty close to moderate, like, not that even far off from, like, the quote-unquote Republican ideologies, um, she's black. So she's going to get more for saying less than what, or she's going to get more for saying just about the same as the people that are, like, marching right next to her that that are white or Latin or whatever, like she's going to get more from it. She's going to get called this, like, insider. She's going to get called, like, an enabler. She's going to get called a communist Well, she's a whatever. witch now because like she's a... charging crystals and shit. Exactly. So it's, like, anything that she that she does, like, there are plenty of other women and other, like, white people that are saying, that are pretty much, like, saying the exact same thing, support the same things that she does, and they aren't, like kind of painted with the same brush as Beyonce. Even even that though Beyonce's a light skinned black woman doesn't make a difference. Right. Like she's still gonna get and that. And it harks heat. back to what so. in a previous episode Miracle was talking about with her experience in the gaming cosplay world. Like black mm. black women are going to be consistently hyper visible. Um whether they are uh, doing positive things or negative things, because if they're doing positive things, those things are going to be um, hyper visible, but not in the sense of like hyper visible, like everyone sees it, but more like everyone's just going to downplay it. Black cosplayers do an amazing job, but never really get the same credit as white cosplayers who do the exact same cosplay. Um, And it's not even as good. And then black women are also hyper visible in a negative light because they could do basically nothing. And then people are on their ass immediately as soon as they stand up for anything um good or bad so i think you also have to remember that black women are consistently um cis or not because they are like trans black women uh, they are getting 
murdered consistently, we all we have to remember that those women are out there and that they are consistently being fought against by society on all sides. So if you're thinking about Beyonce as like, like I was saying, this moniker of what's happening in society right now, Beyonce is like that culmination of all those things. Like she's super, um, I guess like Africana, if that makes sense. Like she brings that African, uh, that pan-African kind of conversation up. But then she's also on the BET Awards with that middle part, like Julia was saying, and that harkens back to like regular um, uh, gentrified versions of blackness that people have taken up all the time in order to up their profile, like the Kardashians. Um, she can make a song like she can make an album like Lemonade, but she also has in her discography albums like I Am Sasha Fierce. Um, there's this duality to these people and it's a, and it's a huge spectrum so i think like you have to remember she's a black woman and she encompasses a lot more than just what we wish for her to represent overall yeah i think moral of the story for me is we need to allow more black women to be whoever they are and that includes and i've said this a million times like Black women should be allowed to be mediocre. They don't need to be the best there ever was to be able to be successful in music or in any field. Black yeah. women should be allowed to be flawed and be, should be allowed to be villains in some cases too, right? I think it's it's we just put too much on, on these girls. Right. We just do too much. And Beyonce, I think, as an artist, not to be, you know, like, not to sound like a Hive member, but I think that for as many things as we could criticize her for, I do see a certain level of effort from her. And I also think that she's a great example of what any black person with enough privilege, of course, enough good luck, but also enough talent and, and drive can accomplish. And it's, I think, an aspirational thing for a lot of people. And that's that in itself, that black joy, I think in itself is a really big benefit. And it might not be the most woke thing in the world, but it's valuable. Agreed. I mean, mentioning woke, like the... Uh like black people and excellence and all that. When we think about the BET Awards this year, I feel like black women really held the torch for every single side of what needed to happen for performances, like artistically this year. Cause Chloe and Hallie did it. And then Alicia Keys really gave you like the, uh, like, okay, y'all gotta stop trying to come for her and say nope. that she's flat. Nope. She's not flat. It wasn't that flat. She'd be she, flat. She she did okay. She'd be flat. She she did okay. I don't know if anyone actually saw her performance. I think I she, think did, she did great. Like it was wonderful. Mind you, the vocals sometimes it is flat like the pavement. But you know what? The girl really gave you wonderful lyrics. She went back to um the diary of Alicia Keys era. Like she that those vocals and the piano and 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 the lyrics like it gave me that era of her songwriting and I when felt America connected. fell in love. Yep. Yeah, I felt connected to it. Here's the thing with Alicia. Alicia, and this is me see, like this is me particularly talking as a singer, not as an actual fan or not fan. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when Alicia and others who have the same issue sing, it's like a balloon that gets caught away from like you know when a balloon is in your house and it gets caught up in like the corner of your bedroom or something and it just stays there. Okay. But it's trying to escape mm -hmm. your house because balloons are trying to rise. Like that's the idea that I get sometimes. It's like she's she, trying, to, get she's to, trying to go somewhere, but it's just there's just a limit, girl, and it's just that's just the limit. <laughs> you know? With that said, Alicia is a beautiful songwriter and yes. she's a you know, she plays piano, she sings 
to a certain degree of singing. And I think that it's, like I said before, I don't think she's at all mediocre, but I think that being perfect in order to be worthy is not cool for anyone. And I think for, especially for black women, we have to allow more people to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. She stepped up that skincare too, girl, because a bitch... Her skincare, though. Wow. No she makeup and looks like she has on a decent amount of CC cream. Like, I, I want to go up to her face and do it. Um, The audience doesn't mm-hmm. know who this person is, but this girl named Shy in Gainesville used to come up to my face all the time and, like, put her finger or, like, a piece of paper against my face and be like, I know you got on makeup. I want to ask Alicia if she still has on some kind of CC cream. Because it's I amazing. I hate these name drops, girl. We can't be doing this. <laughs> I mean, she... You know what? I love her still. And <laughs> that makeup thing... I hated it because my skin really was not up to par back then, but it is now. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> we stand self-confidence. Um, oh, I didn't get to see mm. Megan's performance. Did y'all like that? I saw a thumbnail. I swear. Okay, so first off, all the performances were actually like yes. really great. I can't think of one that I saw that was not at least like good. Um, Megan's performance, that is probably have to be, like, one of my favorite Megan performances Mm. of all time. Like, just in general, because, you know, Megan, I love her to death. Her clothes be looking, like, a mess. (gasps) Oh, Lord, let me mute. be looking like something. I don't want to be attached to this. The clothes that she be wearing to these performances, they be looking (gasps) cheap. And I'm sorry, they do. They look like you you can get them at Forever 21. (gasps) This time, she was giving you an entire look. She gave you choreo. She gave you a backdrop. She gave you a budget. Like, the literally everything was there. And now I feel like, and I don't want to say I didn't, I didn't get this before, but there is no denying that she is a star star now. Like, she's already had, a, like, a little, like, a year to live in it, to, to mm-hmm. soak it up. But like you can you can tell like the confidence and the badassery and just like the fucking like she's she's had it. She had it all there. And that and she fucking delivered that shit. I the only thing I really wanted was for Beyonce to come out and do the Savage Remix part. Mm. Like that was the only thing that was missing because they, they played the Savage Remix and Beyonce's part, but they didn't like have her in it. So I was like, ugh. I saw like a little they, snippet they, of they this. They could have flew her in. What I will say is this. She is so smart for getting under that that Beyonce umbrella real quick the way she did, bitch. I don't care. Mm-hmm. She she you know what she had to do, what spell she had to cast, what sort of contract she had to break. It was worth it because the it's just that you can see the influence. And I think part of what Caputo's talking about, low key, is really money. It's really just a better budget. It's it's a better deal. It's you know better resources, more people to like mine for talent to you know produce what the product is again make it at this point every artist at this point that we see is a product let's be real um i just think that like you said it's good to see that right now she's really i think starting to kind of come into her own in the way that i think people have said she's been for a while so for me personally it's like Mm -hmm. i've been i'm just hypercritical in general but i've definitely been critical of her in the past because i feel like she was giving she was being getting credit for something that she hadn't really earned yet so it's going to be exciting to see what happens over the next year because all of the singles I've heard so far, I'm about. Like, I love the Savage remix. I thought mm-hmm. it was fucking awesome, especially because Beyonce fucking literally threw every Beyonce era in the toolbox at that song to make sure it was fucking number one if it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Girls in the Hood is just a fucking bomb ass song. Like, I fucking love that song. So 
I really like it too. A lot of people don't like I love it that much. I love it. I love it. And it's not too many Oz it's in fun. there. It's just enough. It's punctuational <laughs> Oz in ass. It's tasteful. It has taste True. to it now to, for me. It does. It does. She she knows like what she has to do for the for the mainstream appeal, I feel. I feel like she, she found out what, what people liked and didn't like and then she kind of tweaked it a little bit to fit. I know for a fact Beyonce literally connected to the neural network and heard me talking shit and was like, okay, let me take out 30% of these eyes so this bitch can shut up. Not, not the neural Girl, because, you know, I'd be tapped in. I'd be <laughs> yeah. tuned in and tapped in, bitch. So I know tap, Beyonce tap, was tap in the in. studio like, okay, Julio said, take two, three more of these off, bitch, and it's a hit. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I hate that Beyonce so, is literally sitting on her chair like the Matrix and they plugged her <laughs> in and she went, I gotta find Julio's opinions. Because okay. it's loud as fuck, you know it. Right. So, oh so you're God. the big machine at the end when he goes and it's like, we don't need your help. We need nothing. And, and just then... just imagine being loud and correct. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, just imagine being loud and right instead of loud and wrong. You're just, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Megan Thee Stallion won hip-hop. <laughs> best female hip-hop artist. We are. She sure I, did. So, you know. Oh my god! So can we can we talk about the other performances too, though? Because there were so many. Sure. Other ones no. Yeah. Like, um, let's just get to the one that I know you're itching to talk about: Chloe and Hallie. Go. Chloe and Hallie. <laughs> yes. I I just I just stand them so much. Like they're just so great. And then we could also tie in our other conversation we were going to have earlier. But um, for anyone that didn't see, or just like to recap, they did a mashup, uh, or just like a you know mix of. Uh, forgive me and do it do it you know pop song among the, the best music videos uh, of the year so far obviously absolutely beautiful music video How, did you see the performance though no but i'm going to but i don't okay. need to i know i'm a so the perform oh absolutely but like the performance was giving me a little bit of like the video it was giving me very just like cube mm-hmm. and like different angles lighting was a big part of it but the thing was, they they did like some like hand choreography to make it like little prayer yes. hands, and and what they did for "Forgive Me," "Forgive Me" already kind of sounds like a, a church choir kind of thing at first. They're like singing to the Lord, but they had that and that that outfit and all of the like back shit and the and the surrounding stuff that was all black. And then when they did do it, they were dressed in Ugh. white. And then at the end at the end of the performance, they had like kind of both of them, like both backdrops side by side and they were like interacting with the other ones like the black um outfit uh chloe and hallie were interacting with the white uh, outfit chloe and hallie it was it was just like so good like they also have like this sense of star power that like is just undeniable also like the beyonce parallels and they're performing and their voices like you see the production like beyonce like people don't give her credit for her music but you can literally hear the fingerprint on their entire album see that's the thing like when i think of i guess we're gonna get into this now but when i think of chloe and holly i was talking about that whole the voice difference but I feel like both of them are two different sides of, this is so problematic, of Beyonce's voice. No, like, I hear it. Like, Hallie sounds like Beyonce's yeah. classical training and all of her specific control elements. And uh, Chloe really gives me a lot of Beyonce's spirit, rough, strong um, vocal images, very sultry, sultry singing. And when they Absolutely. come together, they're literally almost like Beyonce's voice in some way. It works. It works really well together. I think they. I think them. Their combined voices 
they, it just like it melds together so well and because they're like their sisters they've been around each other their entire lives i feel like they they have to just be able to do some like telepathy of course to like get all of these because like the harmonies are so tight like they're fitting like 20 notes in a run and each and every note is harmonized perfectly like there's no way they can train that it, it, it just has to be like girl i'm gonna do the a b c d f sharp like and she's like okay girl i got it and then like that's where go. you get like the, it's just that's wild. part of where the beyonce lineage comes in is because beyonce is like one of the melisma melisma girls like she loves a run she yeah, loves she you loves know you know she loves running through the scales at the speed of light and hitting the notes yeah, in between like, that's her thing and you can see that that sort of imprint on their music i want to hear more uh, girls from the school of sing rapping you know that you know, like that's Beyonce's trademark, her like song rapping, sing rapping thing that she does. I want to hear more of that, and I'm hoping that like they start to incorporate even more of that stuff in there, and their fits too. Is that Beyonce's? Yeah, trademark? that's like one of Beyonce's trademarks as like an artist. It's the melisma, it's the sing rapping that she does, the way that she fuses kind of like traditional R and B vocals with hip hop. That's like a huge part of Beyonce's mm-hmm. brand. Um, Especially more and more as I think she's made the very smart decision to make a lot of her songs less so vocally challenging as far as notes and more so just like dynamics. Because those are songs she'll be able to sing mm-hmm. into her 60s even. Or True. More. She's doing kind of the anti-Mariah Carey where it's like she knows that each song is going to have like one part where there's going to be some, yep. a strong vocal run. But none of the ad-libs are that crazy. Like, but she's infusing like a technique into every song. Like, she's got a lot of classical techniques in um, songs like Halo and in songs like Speechless. And then when you go into, um, oh my God, when you go into any of like Lemonade, I feel like there's like a really good R&B specific like early '90s um, kind of like Brandy Usher era of vocals in Lemonade. And then. Even now, yeah. she's kind of almost going to like gospel roots, but she's not doing crazy. She's not doing Karen, Karen Sharid Clark. She's not going there, but it's definitely like you can tell she's pulling from some gospel roots nowadays. Which, oh my god, I would love for Beyonce to put out a gospel album. That would what she's me. tapped into is that the voice is a dynamic instrument, and it's not necessarily about high or low or hitting you know, really challenging notes. It's actually about the the communication of the, the, the story or the narrative or the song through the voice. Yes. And like, that's one beautiful thing about, and this is why I literally like hyper stand Chloe X Halle is because they've got that from Beyonce. Like you, they've, and it's not from Beyonce in the sense of like she created it, but you can see how their natural talents have been funneled through this like highly capitalist, finely yeah. tuned machine, you know, with a black woman at the helm Mentorship. of it that has like developed this ethereal but black but like you know magical kind of sound and it's not that they're sitting there belting mariah carey notes like they're giving you very like i think almost under singing sometimes but there's like there's just a a way that they leverage their voices i think it's songwriting works i think it's more effortless like i feel like yeah it feels effortless they're um like you're both going to know this because people of color, we do this all the time with our siblings probably, but sometimes you're just sitting with your siblings and y'all like hear a song and you both like go off of the song together. Yep. Like, I don't know if y'all do that, but I, yeah. I can picture like Chloe and Hallie like on a chair and like, you know how when you sit upside down on a chair and like the other one's just like using their iPad and they're like singing a song together and they're just singing and it's perfect. For sure. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of like Chloe and Hallie and their vocals because they're so 
connected. Um, and the other thing, I think people really over. No, 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 oh, no. go, go, go. People, people really overlook the use of harmony because now we're so used to having people like having solo acts. Like, there's a lot less bands, a lot less yeah. groups out right now than, than there used to be. And that was always the thing. With, with R&B groups, that was the thing. It was the harmonies that were really, like, would get you. Even the boy bands, even fucking in sync with their fucking, mm-hmm. like, like, pretend, like, trying to be this, like, white but, like, black, like, moment. Like, trying to give you, like, all those kind of, like, pulling from different areas. Like, they would always still keep that, that harmony... But like it's easy to do that, easier to do that with five people. I think like with a two-person harmony, that's something we're not used to hearing because we don't we don't get duos anymore. Really, it's it's usually at least three, right. at least. Like we had we had Mary Mary. Well, what usually happens? Still have Mary is... Mary. They're still around. They're still alive. We, I mean, we okay. So <laughs> we still have Mary Mary. But what I'm saying is like. They, they they they're not popping as much as they used to be. Right? What usually but. happens with a duo like that though is usually one will sing like backing tracks, vocals, and Back they'll be vocals. in other parts. But I agree, there is something to be said about relying on the like the the balance between two voices as opposed to one or even three or more. Because yeah. you know how it is when you listen yeah. to a girl group, it's like that one girl singing usually, and then there's like other girls in the background. Yeah, Four back- Nicole Scherzinger yeah, like, and everybody. I love pussy oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> we stand this pussy guy. I love pussy I love the girls. Here. <laughs> I love how we're talking about this. Or as we know as as we as also known as pussy and the dolls because Ooh, girl, Kitty like, and the dolls. There's there's one in the middle. I mean, she was the only one singing, one. and when Melanie tried it, that one performance, Nicole really did make her way back to the front and said, you need to stay back here. Oh! The thing is, if Melody really, if she really served that, I would have stand. But she didn't even really sound that good. I was like, girl, you could have like, you, you could have like drank some more honey tea. See, like, these girls, know, I would have collected my check and funded my little solo album and been done with it. But why fight for the stage when you know you're not going to get it? It's like fighting against Beyonce yeah. for attention. Like, let's not do that. Sometimes you just got to do Kelly knew. the 30 seconds Michelle verse, which always popped. Every 30 second interlude they gave oh, her in nice. every song, she really like popped off on those 30 seconds. It's funny you say that because I sound like a hater, but I'm not. I really am just saying this. Like, Michelle's voice to me is almost like an instrument. Like, I don't want it talking as much, like giving me the direct melody lyrics. I want it harmonizing and supporting the lyrics, if that makes sense. Right. It's like, I don't necessarily want to hear the words she's saying. I just oh. want the notes. Because <laughs> she has such a unique timbre to her voice. Um, yeah, because Michelle, to me, whenever she sings, I'm like, there's really no power behind this thing, but yeah. it's all like, right. Cater what? to you, for instance, I never want to hear her verse. What? You I never do. do. Oh, what? It's just not, it's just not it for me. But I like hearing her in okay. the songs. Like, she she belonged in Destiny's Child for me, but she just was never my, like, when I heard Kelly, for instance, Kelly was one of the ones I always look forward to because Kelly's voice is just like, to me, it's like a solo artist voice, just like Beyonce's. Right. And not that Michelle's isn't, but it's not a solo artist voice that I'm personally into. Michelle, so I just Michelle peaked. It. Michelle peaked in Girl, in the song Girl. Yeah. That interlude really like set it off. I was like, oh, this is the this is the Cinderella interlude of the Cheetah Girls. Like, this stop! Is You're really gonna kill me. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm. You know, I sing the Cheetah Girls. Like, I sing that song. Probably every three or four months. No, let's like, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I, um, yes, we need to get this like track together or something. I'm, 
I am not I am not gonna stand any Michelle slander though because she is everything hurt and her verses always went off and her bridges always. But the always voice, delivered. honey, I can't let, let love the voice if I'm not like I just can't do it. I stand I stand the voice, bitch. Okay, what's what's that song? Oh my god. I'm through with it, love. I'm through with it, through with it, love. Oh my god, that her verse in that, and she when I, I forget where it was, but they were they were performing through with love live, and at the end, it's like a whole like gospel choir comes out, and she's like, I don't want to weave no more. Oh. Like it's like wow, like she, I'm I'm gonna like find the link and send it to you because you need well, to the hear thing this. Is she's in the same, Girl, she's like, in the same like clan of women like. Fantasia, who have that kind of squeaky-ish timbre to their voice, but Fantasia has muscle in Fantasia's it. Fantasia everything. Fantasia has muscle yeah, in that voice, it, whereas I think Michelle tends to like float on the song, which is good. It's beautiful in a way. It's just like when Caputo says yes, I'm still saying no because this <laughs> is <just> my own <laughs> feeling. <laughs> oh God, Jesus. Um, okay, wait. So we have, I want to talk about one more performance before we hop off of the yeah. BET, and it. And I know that Julio will like this because I know this is Julio's girl. Summer yes. fucking Itch. Walker. Yes. I was about to allude to her. I was speechless after that fucking performance. Speechless. It was so good. And it was nice to also see Summer in her element where she didn't look uncomfortable. Like, you, you can tell that everyone that was on the set was someone that she was comfortable working with. I think there were there were the people that she worked on her album with, like the musicians and like composing composing it and writing it. Like those were her her camp. So she looked she she looked great first of all. She sounded amazing. She looked comfortable and just like everything was so aesthetically pleasing. They had like the pink room where she was in, and then Usher was in like a blue room. I hated the like binary of that, but like whatever. Like it was it just oh my god. And then them together. It just, woo. I I woo. love, 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 love kind of what Summer Walker stands for. I don't even think it's about her even. Because I like I said before, I think we got to let these girls just be who they are. Mm-hmm. But when I proje- what I'm projecting yeah. on Summer Walker is a genuine talent. Like the girl just has this silky smooth, ridiculously beautiful voice. And she doesn't have to try that hard to sing. She's just singing. And, and the narratives, the storytelling that she does in her music is crazy. And then she's weird as fuck. And she's not conforming to societal yeah. societal expectations of what she's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Even like like while you were talking, I was looking up stills and sort of clips of the, the BET performance. And like this look she's giving right now, I just... Yeah. Ugh, like... No, she looked aw... Coronavirus really did something positive for her. <laughs> Is she? It's because she put everybody in her world. She said, "Now y'all all fucking alone. <laughs> now y'all all lonely and socially exactly. Okay. Yeah. And and that's the thing too. Like her, like in that like singing, like her her set. It was just like her in her room. There was like one other no person shoes. there, and I was like, "This is this no <laughs> shoes." Like it was such a little. It was such a little like quarantine moment. Like I was like, her hair was in this, those two little like dread pigtails, like mm-hmm. sticking out, like locked tails. Oh my god. Locked the thing tales, too is that like, was among the best albums of the last five years. So I need the girls oh to also God. give her put yeah. the fucking respect on that album. That album was immaculate. Something about Summer Walker's Everything. vocal arrangements have always been interesting for me now that mm. I've listened to her because she really is kind of she reminds me of like I don't know if girls remember who this is, but she reminds me a lot vocally of like a Mel Laurier. If you remember who she is, um she, 
or like mm. um uh or like oh, Tierra Tierra um oh no Tiara. not her she don't sing <laughs> uh, not playing oh I'm screaming uh Tierra <laughs> she was that girl who sang um that song for Noah's Ark like the song where Noah and uh mm. uh um. What, what was her man's name? The problematic one, Wade. When they when they hooked up, finally Ooh, that song Mr. in the Dio. background. Mister Dio himself. Let me fan, let me fan myself. Shut my up. first crush, my first TV Damn. crush that started my unhealthy Dio obsession. It was Ooh. Trey Wade, and it, it was a few of them for me. It really was Trey Wade. That was Trey that Wade. was it. He was it. That that first episode when he walks in, he's like, "Ooh, you you cute," but like. You know, I I be fucking women. I'm I like, hated oh, that. That oh was my God, so say no more. It. Say no more. I <laughs> hate Wade for what he stands for, but I am so attracted to Wade. Dude is so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh yeah, God. so she reminds me of like an R and B era that's like really different from what I think people now think of R and B. Like she gives me a lot of vocals from those like early nineties. Yeah. Um strong mm-hmm. R&B song. And her vocal ranges are so different. Like, they don't sound... I She's think... actually kind of like, and I say this loving, lovingly because Control was another album I literally could not put down forever. But she take, she kind of took like a little bit of what we got from that album and just added just a mm-hmm. little bit more vocal technique to it. Because I, I do think that she's a stronger singer than, than um, SZA. Oh! But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Control as I'm, in that. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be I'm that girl saying CTRL. I'm so sorry, y'all. But I was talking about SZA's album. SZA's <laughs> album, another fucking masterpiece of an album. But I think that it's almost like she took that formula and just added one more. It's like what? It's like took it to the next level. And I love that that idea of music being like almost like a conversation with itself, like era to era, year to yeah. year, album to album, like seeing the lineage of how so- like sound develops. Mm. I think it's interesting. I, I love the fact that, like, well, I, I don't love the fact, but people tend to want to loop her into the new yeah. camp of like whisper R and B, like girls that sing R and B but can't really sing like that. But she's not Sabrina. Like, Claudia. You, she's like you more said, like a mumble singer than a whisper singer. I can I can see that, but at least she has the vocal she technique, does. and I like that you said vocal techniques to back it up, like. She she kind of proves that you could still be actually giving like vocal like actual like classical like trained vocal technique like I am a vocalist, but I'm I'm not hollering or I don't, I'm not like I don't have I'm not using both my lungs. Maybe I'm just you're using, like, stupid. One of my you lungs. really are so you're stupid. Like, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the gag with that. Like I'm just. I mean, like most of, like, I don't think um, many of her songs go above fifty decibels, but that's fine. I don't need but that. See, all the time. that goes you know? back like, to my, I don't that need goes back it. to my earlier point. Like, it's the it's the same way like Adele sometimes sings. Like, people give Adele so much credit, yeah, but Adele isn't actually mm-hmm. singing that hard. It's just she's singing real, yeah. real good for a lot of people. And really? the thing with Summer Walker, when you <laughs> listen to the lyrics and the turn of phrase and the way that she's able to be a colloquial. You know, she's she's like a, a woman who's using colloquial language, oftentimes slang and like not she's not do she's not using yeah. high speak or speaking super poetically, but there's like a way that the words come yeah. together that's actually very, very beautiful and musical and and, and and quite frankly just like amazing. I think that that's the talent of it. It's that juxtaposition of being a good enough singer 
and also having a narrative and a, and a point of view that's so strong that you can't deny it. And that's kind of what you got from SZA too, I think, is that SZA's got a weird ass voice and arguably arguably cannot sing for a you lot of people's standards. Na, 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 na. I was like, what? <laughs> what did you say? What kind of accent? <laughs> Anyway, um, a Thursday on Saturday, uh, day. <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't, I love you, I love you, SZA, too. And I say this genuinely because <laughs> if you listen to SZA in an interview, this is a smart ass black girl, like, she's not stupid. There's writing, there's storytelling, and then there's the way you use your voice. And I think that these people just know that you don't have to use your voice to like. You know, kill the audience with your prowess. It's actually just what you're doing to carry the the song, how you're supporting the song with the with the sound, mm-hmm. and they just get it. Agreed. Beyonce get it too. Well, it is nice to hear from all these girls. Um, please, someone put Lion Babe on because I know completely you listen to them. Period. Oh, you listen to Lion Babe? Yeah. A little bit, a little here and there, you know, okay. a little something. She's got a beautiful voice. We stand Vanessa Williams' no. daughter, bitch. Like, we love like, her. Fucking Miss Harvey, like, she is... Jillian is so good. Like, that's yeah. another duo I really mm-hmm. like. Like, there's Chloe and Halle, and then this is another duo yes. because her and uh, Lucas are a wonderful combo of, like... Like, Jillian really gives me, like, Erica Badu vibes. Mm. Oh, sure. Mixed with absolutely. Scary Spice. Yes. And she has... She I has no but in the best way, right? <laughs> Scary Spice, yeah. Scary Spice was a fucking icon. Yeah, and she can she can dance beautifully. She has great productions. I just think that she just needs a little bit mm-hmm. more vocal training, um, because I did see her at Afropunk. Now she did that song from, um, you know, that song. Da da dum down, da da dum Yeah, Gypsy Woman. She did Gypsy Woman, and um, when she was moving, girl, she was out of breath. I was like, ooh, this is early Beyonce before Deja Vu. Like, she was really out of breath. But once she gets back up and builds that core, I think she's, like, the next threat. Like, I think Lion Babe could really be the next threat. I would like to see it. I, She she represents a, a type of music that, like, I think a lot of people are starting to get into. As R&B is a growing genre, I think now we're starting to get different lanes of this new form of R&B. Mm-hmm. And that and the the new form is unfortunately going to be always more marketable than than the old quote unquote r and b um because it's just more pop it's it's more um you you can mix it with hip hop more easily like which is also like a growing genre and I think that now because she's found found herself in that kind of area with her music, I think that she'll eventually get more traction or i I want to say she I'll say they because it is a duo. I think they will start getting more traction because, like, honestly, like, everything they put out, like, even uh, their cover of Hot in Here, like, I, I play that shit the fuck down. Yes. Like, I I just love hearing her voice. And I love Erica Badu, too. Like, I love that kind of, like, ow. Like, character. Just, just so, like, soul for... Yeah, it's, character. It's, it's character in the voice. There's soul. Like, you, you can feel everything that they're saying. Like, I love that. So anything that comes out of, out of them, like, I'm about yeah. to eat it up. Well, Caputo, is, now yeah. that you're like, you can be our last voice. We have five minutes left. Please give the world your message about COVID. Period. Okay, so 
the only thing I have to say is all y'all wear a fucking mask and don't even go out and buy a mask. I want you to go on your favorite local or black owned e-store, Etsy shop, Pinterest, whatever the fuck, and buy a damn mask and wear that shit. Wear outside, wear to Publix, wear to whatever supermarket you're at, the library, the wherever. Because honestly, like, I'm over it. Y'all, y'all have let this shit go on for too long. And for some reason, people want to pretend that this shit is over. I just went to a wedding. I was the only one with a mask on. Even the people that were serving the food. No masks, nowhere. And I'm, I just can't. Because now we're at a point where Florida has more cases than most European countries. This is ridiculous. We could have had a flattened curve a month ago. A month ago. And now we have a whole new second wave. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. The only thing that I have to say is at least we got Juneteenth without a fucking lockdown. But now none of y'all getting 4th of July. All y'all got to stay the fuck inside and wear a fucking mask. Jacksonville just, just started their, their little mandate. I'm sure a bunch of other southern states are doing the same thing. Y'all are getting mandated now to wear a mask, and I don't want to hear it. Next time I see somebody not wearing a mask outside in public, I'm taking a picture and saying it right to the damn feds. Girl, I am uh! over it. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> and this was a state message for Michael Caputo. I said, did she the just more you know, state sponsor violence? Did she just... <laughs> okay, only, only to white people. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> Basis covered, sis. Not oh, attacking the white ethno state. Go off. Okay, that you know what? So actually, let me, let, let me actually qualify that even more. White Trump supporters, y'all are getting sent right to the face. <laughs> okay, that the gulag, is it. The Collect your things. Get those. Get those cages. Bring yeah, if, if, y- if y'all want, want to play games with my health and everybody else's health, then that's on you. That is not on me. I will sleep soundly knowing that a... a, a anti-mask Trump supporters in fucking jail. Goodbye. I and hate the new piece. definition of mask for mask, girl. Oh I, my I, God. I really hate that she said Also, if you're, the damn if you're gays. Bye, bye. <laughs> also, shut the fuck up, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> also, the, the damn gays that can't just, you know, be abstinent for a month or two. Girl. You mean I can't shit. wear a mask to the hookup? <laughs> <laughs> No, ma'am. You, you better get a nice little black-owned vibrator, girl. Yikes. <laughs> I'm not everything's got to be black-owned. Oh, yes, ma'am. Some, like, yes, ma'am. Spirit of Beyonce. That's what we do. I was about to we say, does Beyonce still, still, you know... A dildo you called know? The Gift is going to send me to the Sis, oh. The Gift. <gasps> oh, what okay. if she had a dildo for every album? Okay, for but every album. About, Sasha Fierce. But what about Lube titled Denial? I'm done. Okay, no. well. No. No, the lube is called Pray You Catch Me. Oh my god. <laughs> You're going to jail. That's really the best the jail. condom and the lube combo. Pray You Catch Me. Oh my god. Beyonce, we love you. Put on some gay shit, please. I'll, I'll buy it. Gaga did it. You can make money off of it too. Oh, screw all that. Because <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that all day, by the but way. But she's still looking for capitalism. <laughs> Period. Up. I'm fading okay. out here, so you can stop the recording. <laughs>